0: All right. Welcome to another special episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. Uh, But today on the show, it's another special look back at 2020. And this is something we've never actually done before here on Piecing It Together. We always do our special, you know, best of the year, top 10 list, all that kind of stuff, Oscar predictions, all those kind of things, but we've never done an episode dedicated just to looking at documentaries, and specifically the top five best documentaries of a year, and that's what we're doing today. Joining me is Jason Harris, who you just recently heard on our Top 10 Feature Films episode, and of course on a bunch of other episodes, and on Awesome Movie Year, his podcast that I produce. Uh, but we are going to talk about a bunch of documentaries. We've got two great lists that we go back and forth on, we talk about a lot of great films. So, you know, hopefully in the future we'll be able to uh, do more documentary coverage, because of the many great movies that come out each year a lot of them are documentaries so there's no reason not to you know in the past I've kind of shied away from covering documentaries because of our whole puzzle pieces format and you know to look at a movie through the lens of what other movies inspired it, it's kind of a little tough with documentaries but there's lots of great documentaries every year so maybe we will. But, for today, we're going to talk about the best documentaries of 2020. So, as always, I want to remind you to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Follow us on social media at PiecingPod. And join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. So, let's get into this conversation about the top five documentaries of 2020. (music) all right jason harris is back with us to talk about documentaries jason how's it going dave
1: i am well the year is almost over the vaccine is allegedly kind of here somewhat right Mm -hmm. i i uh, i'm ready for it 5g me up baby hey you know what Whatever.
0: you know what though This episode, when it airs, will be 2021.
1: That's exciting. Joe Biden will be president. And while we have no political affiliation officially on this show... Uh, we hate Donald Trump.
0: <laughs> there you go. There you go. Happy New Year, James. Yes, Happy New Year. Happy New Happy Year. Happy New Year. Uh, this is something we haven't done before. We always do our top 10 list like we did last week. Uh, we have done various other top 10s and other rankings and stuff like that. We've never done a uh, best documentaries. Documentaries aren't something that we typically cover here on Piecing It Together just because it can be kind of hard to look at a documentary through that lens of things uh, being inspired by other things, other movies and stuff like that. But um For a ranking, we could sure do it, so that's nice and easy.
1: Yeah, you know, I've been nudging you all year. You have. For documentary episodes, Uh, you know, there are some where I thought we could do a piecing it together on, but um, since we haven't done that, maybe we'll do that uh, in the coming year, but uh, I definitely am happy that uh, we're doing a top documentary list we're gonna do five each right Yes, is that
0: correct that is correct five. well
1: here's what i was thinking dave i wanted to throw a little curveball at you oh, okay on the uh, last episode on the top narratives i went first and we did have some crossover since we only have five each i think and i've seen more documentaries than you you should go first and if mm. i have that one on my list then i will tell you where i will comment on it but then in its place i will put the next one down on my list so wow. whether it's six or eight or whatever like that so we can get a little more uh a few more documentaries out there a few more names out there.
0: beautiful i like it that is uh this is an ever evolving top five list for you i like that that's
1: yeah no i have the top five i have my three documentary moments ready to go so let's do it baby
0: all right so i am going to go with number five which is Now, before I say it, I will uh, preface it by saying that on Awesome Movie Year this season, 1984, we learned, maybe for those that didn't know, that a a concert film uh, technically counts as a documentary, as it did with our documentary pick for 1984, Stop Making Sense. And my number five is American Utopia, also David Byrne, uh, directed by Spike Lee, and uh, just an incredibly just joyous Fun movie, uh, you know, not a documentary in the traditional sense, but it absolutely captures what this show must have been like that I obviously did not get to see. But uh, the music is fantastic. All, uh, the new music is great. The The classic Talking head songs that are brought into it are, are excellent. Uh, I think you and I talked a little bit that we even liked it a little more possibly than Stop Making Sense, which is considered like the best concert film ever. Uh, I just think Spike Lee brings such a great energy to it. And it's it's just so infectious and so much fun. And for such a weird year as 2020, it was great to have that much fun watching something.
1: Yeah, a lot of people have this on their overall top tens. I've seen it in number one in places and various spots throughout the top ten. I like it a good amount more than I like Stop Making Sense and uh, it's interesting that Spike Lee and David Byrne team together because they're both so, um, I, as I like to say, having their moments again. But they never really stopped having their moments. They have long, you know, great careers. They're just finding new audiences now, which is which I love to see. Right. Sure. Um, one thing I like better about this than about Stop Making Sense is the in Stop Making Sense, it's just a set list straight through. That's cool. But this one, Burn, is connecting pieces through dialogue, and he's a whimsical storyteller. Very dry, very witty. Um, I agree with you. Spike Lee, again, just taking some wild chances with the camera work. And um, it's good. It's, yeah, as far as like a in-concert movie, um, you know, it's um, the best best one of those this year, I'd say. So awesome. I think it's a good pick, Dave.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, what do you got for your number five?
1: Number five is the last documentary I watched before recording this, actually. It's called Time. It's by Garrett Bradley. I think it's in association with the New York Times. And she is an amazing filmmaker. I'm excited to see what she does next. It follows the story of Sybil Fox Richardson and her husband Rob. They robbed a bank um, and they both went to jail Um, this is in Louisiana she took a plea bargain he didn't one of the faults of the film is finding out why didn't he take a plea bargain but um, these are two young black people who went and served their jail time Uh, she got out in three and a half years he's scheduled to serve 60 years so Hmm. it's about her fight to get him out but she also took a number of home movies like Hundreds of hours or a hundred hours of home movies over the years, um, for herself, for posterity, for her husband who was in jail. She's raising, uh, at least four kids on her own, maybe more. And, um, you know, it's all about her and her fight to get her husband out. And, uh, what a good do- job you can tell she's doing raising these kids. And the other element of it that I wanted to mention with all these kind of home movie things is Bradley does this amazing job putting these. Um, emotional montages together that give you a real feeling because it jumps time periods throughout just a real feeling of the ups and downs the joys and um, horrors of you know love and trying to love and get someone out of the penal system especially a minority in the United States I can't recommend it enough it's 82 minutes every minute counts in this one.
0: Well, it sounds great. Uh, I have heard good things about it and it, I hadn't gotten a chance to watch it. It was on my list of, uh, of things I was trying to get to, but, um, yeah, it, it sounds great. sounds like a really good story. I'll move on to number four. Uh, and this one is called insert coin. It's from Joshua soy. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but Technically I wouldn't say this is like the most envelope pushing documentary or particularly well made or anything like that but it's on a subject that's just really close to my heart and so it was just it was just awesome to see that subject explored in a way that I had never really gotten a chance to see before and that subject is The Midway and Bally's video games of the early 90s into the mid-90s, I should say not video games, arcade games specifically, um, from the uh, early 90s like Smash TV and NARC to uh, to then into Mortal Kombat and NBA Jam. These are like the games that we grew up at the same time. These are the games that we spent just hours and hours at the mall just pumping quarters into and just spending... Insane amounts of money on and they're just like kind of the backbone to the arcade experience, which uh, much like my beloved movie theaters is pretty much uh, dying. Well, arcades are already gone, but movie theaters are dying now. But uh, I you know, certainly have my memories of arcades or just my favorite memories of growing up are spent in arcades playing these particular games. Uh, the the one thing that's missing is uh, a, any access to Ed Boone for some reason, who was one of the main co-creators of Mortal Kombat uh, and, and a big presence at Midway. For whatever reason, uh, they weren't able to get to him, but they did get to Scott Tobias and a lot of the other major players uh, that were a part of making those games back then. Uh, so yeah, it, it's just total nostalgia overload for someone like me who grew up in those arcades.
1: Yeah, that sounds super interesting. I don't know that one, but um, I I like the sound of it and I like uh, movies like that and documentaries like that. As you know, in our second season of Boston Movie or our documentary pick was The King of Kong, yeah. which kind of goes deep into that arcade uh, culture. I definitely grew up, Playing arcade games, NBA Jam, namely, and skee ball. A lot of skee ball. Mm. Um, so I would like to see this. Also, it um, there's a weird narrative film called Ping Pong Summer. Huh. I don't know if you've ever seen no. that, but I I recommend that. Uh, t- a lot of it takes place in an arcade around that time. Nice. So uh, insert coin. Good pick. I I um, I'm looking forward to that, Dave. Right on. What do you got for your number four? Number four for me, Dave is. So, look, there was a lot of hype on The Last Dance, the 10-part Michael Jordan documentary, Mm -hmm. um, which had, like, uh, all the footage of his last, you know, run with the Bulls and um, kind of first-person interviews. And it was, like, 10 hours long. But guess what? I didn't even think it was the best basketball documentary this year. Wow. Number four for me is a kid from Coney Island about Stefan Marbury, a basketball legend of the New York City uh, streets, the playgrounds and the high school leagues, uh, went to Georgia Tech, became a lottery pick, played in the NBA, was an all-star, but had a reputation of being a bad teammate and then basically was ran out of the NBA and remade himself, redefined himself in China as both a basketball player and as, and as a businessman. And um, now he's a legend in China. He's retired, but as far as I know, he still lives out there and runs his uh, business empire out there, everything he's doing. And this movie, you know, I grew up a huge basketball, not just fan, I played, I went to the camps, um, you know, I, I was uh, all right, you know, mm-hmm. not not uh, great, not horrible, but you know, I could I could play a little. This movie uh, directed by Cootie Simmons and Chike Oza, who have teamed up on a bunch of things, some sports stuff before, um, does such a good job of imparting how much basketball, especially at that time... Meant to New York City, and how much high school basketball needs means to New York City—the legends of it, and that cross section of the '90s of New York hip hop and New York high school basketball—they nail it. It's hmm. it's just great. They do a great job.
0: Wow. Yeah. I. I it sounds like it's a lot of fun, and like uh, I, I like when when you hear that story of someone who like goes and does like vastly different things that they could kind of track along with. That's uh, definitely makes for an interesting documentary.
1: It really is. And you know, this is like I said, you know, usually these guys get run out of the league and they become like, you know, villains or whatnot, but and he was just doing things differently. Maybe it was misunderstood. It was never about his ability on the court. Um, but yeah, they just they just got it right this one.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'll go on to my number three. And this is one I think a lot of people kind of just ignored because of everything uh, surrounding the the guy that it's basically about. Uh, it's happy, happy, joy, joy, the Ren and Stimpy story, which of course, uh, right before it was set to be released, uh, allegations came out about Ren and Stimpy's creator. Uh, I forget how to pronounce his name, John Crickfaluski, something like that. Uh, but you know, uh, a lot of shitty stuff, and they ended up addressing it in the documentary. They ended up uh, going back and filming more and actually interviewing John himself and giving him kind of a platform to comment on the allegations, which is a very kind of risky thing to do, because I think that's why a lot of people just kind of swept this documentary aside and just didn't look at it because I think, especially for people in our age group, you know, we grew up with Ren and Stimpy and it's just, it's just seriously one of the best, you know, uh, cartoon shows ever. And, Also, like, watching this documentary, you kind of are reminded just how influential it was on so many of the weird cartoon shows that came since. Everything in, like, the Adult Swim era and all that kind of stuff. Uh, So, I mean, really, the subject matter is something we should all be kind of interested in. It's just this guy is unfortunately, uh, you know, kind of a piece of shit. and, And he doesn't deny it at all in the segments with him. And I thought that was kind of interesting that he you know, straight up faces the allegations says, look, I, you know, I'm not proud of what I did. It is what it is, and they kind of just shine a light on him and let that be the ending of the documentary and, uh, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Not a lot of people are going to be able to accept that, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. The show, Ren and Stimpy, is the best, and this documentary, digging into the making of that show, and some some of the, the best moments on the show, and what went into creating some of that just weird, weird, weird stuff, uh, is just fascinating. And I kind of feel like there really shouldn't be that big of a surprise <laughs> that the the main creative force uh, that came up with this show, uh, you know, had some demons. Let's just say. So um, yeah, it's a great documentary, though.
1: Okay, I gotta watch that for sure. You know, I know it was not, it was it, I had seen previews, and then it just kind of never came out or disappeared, exactly. like you're saying. Yeah. Um, I do. You know, you got to commend the filmmakers for. You know, sometimes you want you want all sides of the story and exactly. you want it you want it from the source and i haven't seen it and i'm certainly not defending him but i think anyone who at least is willing to take responsibility for their actions like you got to at least give them that you know sure so um you know and that's that doesn't excuse the actions or anything else but yeah that sounds very interesting very
0: very interesting and uh, they also show Uh, a clip of an unreleased Ren and Stimpy piece and it's just so fucking funny
1: (laughs) well you think you know with all these kind of uh you know uh adult cartoons like that are out now and all these like kind of 90s nostalgia shows coming back like Ren and Stimpy you know I know they've talked about it it seems like it would be ripe for a comeback oh yeah
0: definitely not gonna happen though unfortunately but uh yeah (laughs) so what do you got for number three
1: Number three, Dave, is my favorite music documentary of the year. And um, look, it's no secret I'm a Bruce Springsteen fan. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you don't have to be a Bruce Springsteen fan to know that this his Thrill Hill team knocks these documentaries out of the park. Like, almost every one of them is a home run. And this is uh, the making of Letter to You. It's called Letter to You. It's on Apple TV Plus at the moment. And it's fascinating because... Again, Springsteen somehow is always just a little ahead of the time, it seems like, right? Yeah. So he brought the whole band to record, the whole E Street band for the first time since like maybe the late 70s, early 80s to record together on um, Roy Bitten's suggestion um, at at his uh, farmhouse, at his home studio in the great state of New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And um, it's great to watch. One, the band record in this manner because I think the E Street band, who are as often known as the best bar band in the world, are like one of the few bands that are still capable of doing this and should be doing this. Um, and I think you get some real cool glimpses into the process that way of like, hey, here's how you build on a song as opposed to like if everyone's going in solo, you know, you're just kind of laying down a part for something that's already kind of outlined for you, you know? Sure. So There's that creative synergy there. Um, a lot of this is, um, about Bruce, um, and his time with his first band, the Castiles, and him being the last member who's still alive. So, there's that, um, there's a lot of songs about mortality and what it means to get older. And he also took three songs from the 70s that were kind of like for you know, big Springsteen fans, um, and, um, He remade them as like with the whole band, like which he never really did. Like they were always demoed and um, they have such life to them and such vibrance. You're like, man, you could go back because he has so many things that are unreleased from that time period and just record that and it would be amazing, you know? So he's such a great storyteller. He really gives you that insight of like the motivation, the inspiration on all this stuff. And um, there's some really exciting new songs on there, like Burning Train and, you know, you know, Letter to You, Ghosts, that stuff. Those are all big singles stuff. So um, I love this one. And um, I would recommend all the Springsteen documentaries about the making of albums. But this one, I think, really, really um, another home run.
0: Yeah, I haven't watched it yet, but I do love the album. And uh, I'm looking forward to watching it. And what what was the last one again, his last album and uh, uh,
1: concert thing? Last one was Western Stars. Stars, And what I would say is... If you watch like any of like The Born to Run or Darkness or even The River um, documentaries, that's those are retrospect. That's Bruce telling the story of 20, 30 years later. Western Stars is kind of like him telling the stories of the songs as they exist. Yeah. And now this is kind of a mix. This is that next iteration where he's telling the stories of the songs as they're recording, but the the life of the songs and also this kind of meditation. On what they mean in these this beautiful imagery, um, yeah. So another black and white documentary on my list, uh, but I
0: uh, uh, go watch it. Dave. Yeah, I'm going to. I, I love that Western Stars one, um, so I'm definitely going to watch this. Uh, my number two is a movie I found out about from uh, your awesome movie year co-host Josh Bell. It's called The Ringmaster, and it is. uh, the finished version directed by Molly Dworski and Dave Newberg. But it started off as a project from this Vegas filmmaker, Zachary cap, uh, before it totally, uh, got out of hand on him. Uh, it's about this guy, Larry Lang, who makes onion rings. And Zach basically set out to make a documentary about him because he just wanted to make a documentary and he loved this guy's onion rings. And, This guy basically tries to force a bigger story out of the documentary, whether or not Larry wants any of that to happen or even understands exactly what's happening. And this poor guy uh, just, just gets this whole situation just kind of thrust upon him. And it really turns into this documentary about kind of the responsibilities of a documentary maker and who gets to make a documentary, which is something I've never really thought about until this movie. And, like, who should be allowed to follow someone around with a camera and try to tell that person's story? And uh, it's just absolutely fascinating. And it's it's very just kind of fucked up and dark uh, at times, but also very funny and very just very what-the-fuck. And uh, it's a really unique movie let's just say that
1: yeah man i'm excited to watch that uh you have a really good list and it's very different than what i might have expected so i really like that um i don't know how much you know but i was wor- I, you know that i was working on this documentary for a while and um ran into a couple of technical issues but also um like you're saying like um the subject of mine was let's say a um, very big celebrity in the 80s and then she retired and now is mounting this comeback and you could tell um, she's very careful about who she trusts. So just getting that ease with your subject is so important. And I agree with you. Um, I can, I can see how that would make for something interesting in the ringmaster. Yeah. And, um, and I love onion rings. There you go. Right. Absolutely. All right. What do you got? Number two. Number two for me is boys state riveting political documentary that shows Sadly, the state of politics in America, by looking at it through a lens of an event called there's boys state and there's also girls state. And it's a, I believe, a, a sponsored event through whatever organizations. And it takes a bunch of teenagers in different states and puts them in um, political camps, the nationalists and the federal federalists in this one, which are basically conservatives versus liberals, you know. And they're allowed to vote on, you know, laws and referendums and they're electing people. And this one takes place in Texas and follows um, really three main characters. Uh, Steven, who is a Latino. Um, His mom comes from Mexico, I believe, and he is kind of this like very um, pure hearted liberal who is willing to make compromises with people and stand on his own. And then you have the two uh, political consultants, uh, Stephen's kind of campaign manager is this guy, Renee, who's uh, a bit larger than life, and um, he rubs some people the wrong way, but he seems to be having good intentions with how he wants to run his campaign. On the opposite side is Ben, who is uh, not a person – That I would ever want to spend uh, political time with. He's a teenager. (laughs) I'm not ripping on this guy. But he's super conservative. He loves those, uh, you know, kind of conservative playbook moves. A lot of the Trumpian moves. And um, it's basically, can you win running a fair campaign versus playing dirty tricks? And, you know, these kids are so savvy with social media. They put up, you know, uh, Instagram accounts and memes with all this stuff. And um, it's as uh, it's it's like I said, riveting and incredibly depressing. And had the uh, election gone another way this year, it would be even more depressing. But (laughs) highly recommend it. Boys State. I think they're working on a sequel to it. Um, This is Jesse Moss and Amanda McBain. So um, highly recommend there.
0: Yeah, uh, Boys State's one of my uh, honorable mentions. Uh, Absolutely great. Uh, and we we did a uh, Bird Road crossover episode on it actually, and had a guest Elijah Manley who was actually in the Boy State program uh, a few years back, so he was able to shine a really interesting light on all of that. Uh, so you can find that on the the Bird Road podcast, or we also reposted it as a special episode of piecing it together. Uh, but yeah, yeah, great documentary, uh, very depressing, uh, like you <laughs> like you said, but uh, but very good still. So uh, we haven't had any crossover so far. I'm shocked. I know, but I'm curious if our number ones are going to be the same here. Uh, Because I happen to see your letterbox that you loved this movie. That is my number one. So uh, I'm wondering if it might be the same one. Uh, My number one also is the only movie this year I gave five stars. So by that, I guess it's in a way my favorite movie of the year overall. Uh, It feels good, man from director arthur jones about pepe the frog and its creator matt fury and how this ridiculous little sweet cartoon was turned into a symbol of hate for the alt-right and it's this just incredible incredible story that's that's insane it's baffling it's it's horrifying It looks at so many different uh, worlds, including that of like independent artists, of the internet, and uh, trolling culture, and all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, to the logical conclusion of white power, and hate groups, and alt-right, and all that stuff. And, of course, the rise of Trump as well. Uh, And, yeah, it's just fascinating, and you just so feel for this poor guy, Matt Fury. But even though it's so damn dark and... uh, just so fucked up what happened to him there there's definitely a through story of of hope of Uh, this guy kind of taking back control of his own life and just continuing to be the artist that he really just set out to be in the first place and trying to rewrite his own story uh, in pushing forward. And so this movie is just, uh, I I think it's the movie of 2020.
1: Uh, I got to agree with you, Dave. My number one also feels good, man. And uh, like you said, it It involves politics and technology and co-opting an image and changing the message on something and, you know, really stuff that I didn't know about. Like, you know, I knew that the alt-right – there's a very good episode basically of uh, the podcast Reply All Mm -hmm. that also deals with this subject matter and that is a great podcast in general. I highly recommend it. I love the animation. This was another 93 minutes and every minute counts on this oh, one. Yeah. And you know, you mentioned a lot of the negatives cuz there are so many of them, but there is definitely a redemptive feel in that last third and him fighting back to get his image back yeah. and um yeah, it's 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 nuts. And these sometimes because there's so much that has to be explained, it can get bogged down, but this was light and entertaining and interesting. The whole way through. Yeah. So Arthur Jones, first time uh, filmmaker, one emerging documentary filmmaker at, uh, at Sundance this year.
0: Oh, really? I didn't realize that. Yeah, that absolutely deserved. And uh, yeah, I hope everybody sees this movie because aside from the main story being told, I think it also um, it, it really explains that whole Internet subculture so well and like and how it works how it grows how it breeds and that's such an important thing to understand moving forward in this country
1: yeah real fast boy state won the grand jury prize for sunday okay uh in case you were wondering but um and it's interesting because those almost go together in a way right yeah so definitely but yeah this um this is the feels good man which is like a weird name until you uh till you watch it and then yeah. learn what it's about and uh it, it it's just a really really great documentary really good stuff yeah
0: absolutely absolutely do you have some honorable mentions you want to uh kind of yeah
1: i guess we could do that instead of moments if you'd like to do that yeah i didn't do moments for
0: the uh for the features i did or i mean for the documentaries i just did that for features i just have honorable mentions here
1: all right let's go one in one go for it you're up
0: all right so i'll do for my my first one totally under control which if you really wanted to sit there and be Angry, uh, that's a movie to watch because it tells the story of how the United States and especially the Trump administration botched their response to the coronavirus. And yeah, it's just horrifying and so angering.
1: I haven't watched it. I don't know if I can get through that because of how angry I would be. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's Alex Gibney. I know he's yeah. worked with some other directors on that one. Alex Gibney is a human documentary machine who just puts out product after product. And I think I had at least one other one this year out there too. Yeah. What you um okay talking about subject matters that will infuriate you my first honorable mention goes to I am Greta Nathan Grossman following uh Greta Turnberg around the world as she sails across Europe to the United Nations and has to yell at adults to actually be adults and do something about climate change and it's horrifying that people don't listen to her and that people think it's all right to pick on a teenager with autism just because she wants to make the world a better place, mm. but you do see some more. You know, if all you've heard of the sound bites, you see some other human sides to Greta. You see, um, her dad is basically you know uh, somewhat between a stay-at-home dad and a handler. Like he goes with her everywhere, and um, what she's doing, she's like uh, she's one of my heroes, man. It's sad that it's come to that, but that's the truth. That we need, we need these the young, the teenagers to do something because none of us, none of our generations have ever handled it. And the generations above us are just fucking everything up. So yeah. I am Greta. I,
0: I still haven't watched it, but yeah, I, I plan on it. And whether these these people, these idiots on, on social media like it or not, I mean, people like her are the future and uh, they can see what needs to be done with this world. And so we really need to be paying attention to them.
1: It's very strange to me that you would that you would try to insult any young person <laughs> who's trying true. to make the world a better place, like the Parkland uh, survivors of the mass shooting in that high school, you know, and it's it's gross it's disgusting. So um, we need more Greta's out there. And and that's kind of one of the beauty of it is just to see how many people are around the world. She's inspired. Yeah. So uh, recommend right on. Well, watch it.
0: I will go for my next honorable mention with a movie I was really looking forward to. It didn't quite deliver, uh, but I still really enjoyed it. It was called Dick Johnson is Dead, uh, directed by Kristen Johnson. Uh, and it, it's about this guy who is going to be dying eventually, like all of us. And so through uh, like kind of movie magic and, and a little bit of dark humor, they set out to film the ways he might die. And it, uh it's it's an interesting concept and I thought it would be a little funnier than I uh that it ended up being, but it was still enjoyable, if not a little kind of all over the place as far as the uh, the story it was trying to tell. But uh like I said, I still enjoyed it though.
1: The staging of the deaths uh really were almost like a red herring, a smokescreen, you know, a MacGuffin, whatever you want to call it, because it's really about what a sweet man this guy is and yeah. um you know an able and smart uh therapist who raised a family and now he's in his 80s and he's losing his memory and it's very sad but he still has high spirits and um a family who loves him and uh he's just doing his best to live his last years and um i think you're right i agree with your critiques of it like it's good it's not great but um it's um, it's an it's a good movie. Okay.
0: Well, what do you got for your last honorable mention?
1: Oh, my last one. I had so many more on here. <laughs> you you but, can run
0: them down after I'm doing my last one. All right,
1: I will. I will. So, uh, okay, we are freestyle love supreme. Lin Manuel Miranda has made both my year-end lists. Good for you, sir. <laughs> Once again, you have proven that whatever you do, you dominate, and you make the rest of us feel horrible about our adequate skills and anything else right uh this is a different totally different thing uh lin-manuel uh Mm -hmm. along with everything else is actually a pretty good freestyle rapper and he has this group freestyle love supreme and this traces the roots of uh that project which goes back to their college days in wesleyan and then they worked on it throughout in the heights and some of those members chris jackson david diggs or some of the guest stars on um on uh, Freestyle love Supreme. And one of the uh, rappers who is of uh, Indian descent, uh, is actually the first who was supposed to play Aaron Burr in Hamilton. And yeah, you know, he couldn't because he had some alcohol issues at the time. But this really just showcases how creative these people are and how amazing they are in this kind of really exciting fun freestyle rap show that I would love to see it was playing in Broadway before the um before the pandemic hit so hopefully they'll re- restart it afterwards and uh Lin Manuel um you are you're on fire bro and
0: he's got next year too with his uh delayed movie uh, in the heights so
1: and I actually thought in the heights was a better show than Hamilton so oh boy <laughs> who knows so yeah. I have a Lin Manuel Miranda joke I'm very excited to uh, debut when I get back on stage. Nice. Nice. That'll be good. So, (laughs) Yeah. If you want, uh, I can just do a quick list of some other movies that I thought were great. And, uh, yeah, I had boys stayed on mine
0: for my last one, which you already discussed. So yeah. What do you got?
1: Crip camp, um, which is uh, a lot of people's favorite. This year is a very cool documentary about, um, people who have physical disabilities and they, kind of go to this hippie ish camp in the 70s and just learn uh just you know uh spend time with other people with um you know physical or uh maybe some other type of disabilities mental disabilities and they grow up together they have romances and they joke and they do all these things they they're treated like normal able-bodied people as well they should be and then this group goes on to change the world it's amazing what they do the reason that um, there are rights for people with physical disabilities because of what this group did. And I'm not overstating it. They they stormed the castle, so to speak, in California and did sit-ins for a week to make or maybe longer to make sure laws were changed. And uh, bravo to them. So a um, great movie. It's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. The Ghost of Peter Sellers. I love movies about making movies. Uh, this is Peter Medak, who was an up-and-coming director. And still worked. He had a very big career, like a very solid career, but he could have been maybe a huge director. Um, And then in the 70s, he was making a pirate ship uh, kind of period piece with Peter Sellers when Peter Sellers was at his most manic. And between the budget and the star, the whole thing uh, sunk, shall we say, and uh, in a way sunk this guy's career. But you see, you know, if you've seen Peter Sellers, you know, he's a genius, but this, um, this is very unfortunate for Medak. but it's <laughs> nice that he gets to tell his story now. I thought that you know? came
0: out a couple of years ago. Did it not?
1: Uh, it might've, it might've been one of those like banana split where oh. it was like, Hey, it was a 2018, but didn't hit, Right. you know, really availability till 2020. Okay. Uh, the last one I'll mention is the painter and the thief. A crazy story directed by Benjamin Ree about an artist um, named Barbara in Europe, uh, and she has a show finally, and um, her piece of art is stolen. And the cameras are able to uh, kind of find out who stole the picture. And she, his name is Carl, and she goes to his trial, and he goes to jail, and she keeps visiting him in jail, and then they become good friends. And when he gets out of jail, they become like entangled in this relationship um, that's almost codependent and I wonder you know I know where it left off but I wonder what it is now you know did it turn into something more I think they're making a narrative version of this as well Mm. but pretty fascinating stuff. Yeah.
0: I still haven't watched that one. That was going to be the next doc I watch, uh, before we got to this, but I never got a chance to. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to checking it out. I'll just say one, one other one to just throw on the list. Uh, we, we, we touched on it, uh, on our top 10 narratives episode, but we should mention it again. Uh, bloody nose, empty pockets, which isn't really a documentary, but is going to, you know, and end up in many documentary talks for the year. Uh, it kind of rides this strange line between documentary and narrative film because it's all faked, but uh, it's about the closing of a uh, Las Vegas bar, although it's not really shot in Las Vegas. Uh, and all of just the people who inhabit the bar and the the regulars there, and you just kind of spend all this time with them. And it's a really interesting movie. It probably would be my number six on this list. Uh, did did you? Uh, what do you think of it like as a documentary feature blended thing?
1: I didn't think anything of it as a documentary blended feature thing because it's not a documentary. <laughs> well, yeah. It's I about mean, a, it's, it was on my narrative list. I know. It's about a fake bar that's closing and. You know, the fake bar means fake patrons. They're Those calling it a documentary still. Actors.
0: They're trying to get it away as a documentary. I mean,
1: it, it's not a documentary. I, uh, it wouldn't make my list, but it did make my list of top 10 narrative films. So, so. there you
0: go. All right. Well, I, I think that does it. I think this was fun and hopefully, yeah, and hopefully in 2021, we'll, uh, we'll be able to at least squeeze in a couple of, uh, documentary episodes in the traditional piecing it together format because, you know. There's so many great documentaries every year. Definitely one's worth really, talking Really, this is
1: a golden age for documentaries right now because of all these, um, you know, all these streaming platforms, right? So, like, you know, the next three down on my list, one was, like, a Netflix miniseries, one was a BBC hour-long thing, and one was a WWE Network five-parter. So, oh, wow. <laughs> there you go, you know? Like, um, there's so many different ways you can tell stories now. Um, and so many different outlets, and uh, you know, like City Hall, which is like a five hour documentary, is on a lot of people's top 10 list this year, sure. Um, so yeah, there's plenty of stuff out there, man.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, before we wrap it up, why don't you tell people about what you got going on with Awesome Movie Year?
1: Awesome Movie Year is just finishing season six, 1984. Lots of big, big movies that still resonate today, Ghostbusters uh karate kid uh beverly hills cop man there's there's gremlins you know Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of these are finding new life and plenty of new life we got some great special guests like joe esposito who's saying you're the best around and uh some other guests like eric gladstone who's not a great no i'm just (laughs) kidding eric uh he's a friend of mine so i joke around and then you got uh well, well by the time that season's over we're moving back into this current century for season seven not releasing the year yet, but we got a lot of good stuff planned, Dave. Awesome Movie Year on Facebook and Instagram. Awesome Movie Pod on Twitter. AwesomeMovieYear.com.
0: Right on. And what about you yourself, Jason? Where can people find you?
1: Oh, I'm still at uh, Jason Harris Comedy on Facebook and Instagram. Jay Harris Comedy on Twitter. Go for Jason.com. Should get an upgrade in 2021.
0: Let's hope so. I, we should make a documentary about the uh, upgrade of your website. That should be fun.
1: So far, it would be really boring. (laughs) I'm Jesse. And
0: I'm Ryan. And we're the hosts of Not My Type. One couple, two personalities, and we're taking three million internet quizzes.
1: Approximately. For non serious conversations about serious fandoms, check us out at Not My Type. Each episode, we take BuzzFeed style quizzes to explore a movie, TV series, or a book.
0: As many fandoms as we can get our hands on. New episodes come out each Wednesday. And if you want to find out more about the show, go to NotMyTypePod.com
1: and anywhere podcasts are found. Pretty much everywhere these days. See you there.
0: All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jason Harris about the top five documentaries of 2020. What do you think of our picks? Uh, if you think we left anything major out, get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. You can, of course, just tweet at us at PiecingPod or join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. Or you could also get in touch on our website, piecingpod.com. Let us know what you think of the show. If you'd like to join me for a future episode, you know, I posted a, a, a tweet the week of New Year's uh, saying that I'm looking for new co-hosts, and holy crap, did we get a lot of responses. So uh, hope, hopefully we'll be getting a lot of you on the show in the coming weeks and months and throughout the year. Lots of movies to cover, so I'm sure we'll find room for everybody, but if you are listening and you've thought, hey, you know, when I think of movies, I think of puzzle pieces, you should get in touch with me. So uh, yeah, let's talk. But, uh, yeah, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Make sure you're subscribed wherever it is you listen to podcasts and uh, following us on social media at PiecingPod and all that stuff. Also, don't forget to check out our Patreon, where we post bonus content from Piecing It Together, Awesome Movie Year, as well as from my music career. So lots of great content there. And speaking of my music career, let's close this thing out with a piece of music like I always do. And I am going to go with something from my latest album, David Rosen. It's just a self-titled album, and it's one of my favorite things I've ever put out. And I am going to go with the song, the opening track. It's called Creation. And yeah, let's play this track. It's called Creation. It's from my new album, David Rosen, which is available Uh, for sale on Bandcamp and iTunes and all those services, but also for streaming on Spotify and Apple Music and all that as well. So this is Creation. Enjoy it. And we'll be back. We got one more special Looking Back at 2020 episode coming up and then a whole lot of new movies to cover. So lots of piecing it together coming your way.